Charles. And you're listening to Hold Me, I'm Scared. And welcome back to Hold Me, I'm Scared, where once every two weeks we pick out something spooky and scary and creepy and explore it. This week we are talking about the wide, wide world, not the web, drugs. Um, how do you feel about the drugs? Um, you know. I love an ibuprofen. I love an ibuprofen. Um, I've been known to smoke a little weed on occasion. Okay. I love, like, I'm really into the amoxicillin. It's been there for me multiple times in all of its forms. Love an amoxicillin. I love a nasal decongestant. Flonase. Yeah. And we love we love the medicinals. We do. Yeah. Like over the counter. Like there are some days where I wish I could just go through that whole vitamin section and just take every single one. I don't know if I believe in vitamins. I do, but I don't think that these people who take them like religiously every single day like they have a pill counter of like this is for my heart my hair my bones my whatever like I feel like it's good to have a multivitamin or like a vitamin C or like a vitamin what's the one that we're usually all missing it's one of the B's but people used to get it from dirt and they're like on their vegetables and people get onto like vegans a lot for not having it it's one of the B's B12? Maybe. Um, and B6. they're like, well, vegans can't get it because like, it only comes from meat. Incorrect. The meat eaters get it from the grass eaters that they eat, and the grass eaters get it from the grass and the dirt. And how people used to get it back in the old days is from the dirt on their vegetables that they didn't really wash off. Well, we should just stop washing our vegetables. We should just start eating dirt. That's what I'm saying. We should just start eating <laughs> Live the worm life yeah i haven't really done many experimental drugs you haven't done any experimental drugs nope any like fun Not drugs one no i've never done a fun drug the funnest craziest thing i've done is a steroid pack or a steroid shot really dude i love a steroid shot my voice sounded much better the next day yeah i used to get bronchitis like constantly and that was the only thing that made it better. I mean, not technically a drug. We love the vaccine. We love the vaccine. Everybody we go love get your vaccine. vaccine. Really? I got two yeah. I got two vaccines on Monday. I got one in each arm. You got two vaccines on Monday? Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Which ones? I got um, my second dose of Gardasil. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Which hurts like a motherfucker. And then I got... Uh, we did blood work and it turns out I'm not immune to hep B. Apparently like most people are, but I'm just not. So I had to get a hep B vaccine. Yay. Yeah. It was a super fun doctor's appointment. Celebrations. I was in so much pain though, because both of these shots make you like really sore the like couple days after. 
they uh Gardasil's like known for making you super sore and I am nannying my way through grad school and two of the children that I watch one weighs like 28 pounds and the other one weighs about 50 pounds and they both are very young and like in like the the 28 pounder is like a baby and he needs to be carried everywhere because he's a little tiny baby well a big baby and but a baby and then the 50 pounder is like two so whenever he gets like tired or grumpy or like whatever he wants to be carried so yeah i suffered a lot this week uh, my but she's hurt. still here she's yeah. showing up she's giving it her all and then i'm still she expecting. washed her hair yeah i didn't brush it though i didn't have a brush and then after all of that i was still expected to <laughs> delete that don't keep oh, that in <laughs> i want to put that in <laughs> <You're> <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna blink that out so people have a mystery and be like what did they say uh yeah which also Um, takes a lot of arm strength and dexterity and that does take a lot of arm strength dependent on how it's done yeah Um, well the way i do it i'm very (laughs) i'm very involved this is a lot of heavy objects i love that they're gonna have no idea what you're talking about Our large audience. Oh, I'd like to point out that I think I might be reaching the thresholds of internet fame on TikTok because I've now started receiving some mean comments. Oh, congratulations. Just a little, just like one or two here and there. One that was kind of like in between just said, oof. You know, sometimes it's like, oof, that's hot, right? Right. But this one seemed more... um, negative the other one said you look and sound tragic now (laughs) first of all i couldn't have looked tragic because i looked beautiful the whole point of the tiktok was like me singing and like not doing a good job and then it was like my inner saboteur like talking to me and then like my other side of my brain talking to me i saw that tiktok yeah Right, and it was like a whole funny thing being like, wow, that was terrible. And then the other one being like, hey, like, why don't you lay off? And then me being like, I'm just trying to sing and have like a good time. I know I'm not like warmed up. Yeah. Um. So I replied and said, oh, thanks. That's so sweet. I love being able to bother somebody just by existing. It's really weird. Like, I don't understand what people get out of like being mean to strangers i fully understand what people get out of being mean to like real life uh people that are standing in front of you that makes sense to me i i don't what are you getting out of being mean to a stranger on the internet i i get like being mean to somebody who's like intolerant and like bad oh for somebody who's just like pretty and like funny like you me right um what's the point you know i'm not like scroll on but also like don't because give me the view give me the like give me the comment and yeah i mean engagement is engagement regardless i'll take it um i will say before i ask you what are you afraid of today i um came across somebody's live stream this morning talking about how white privilege isn't real is it real this is not real is what they were saying 
And this is coming from a black man. I was very confused. Um, but also, hmm. he seemed to, like, support a lot of, like, Christian ideals. So, I well, was okay. like, I think you might just be too far gone, my friend. Yeah. And everybody else in the comments, all these white people are like, oh, for sure. It's not real. I grew up poor. Whatever, whatever. The whole, like, you know, all the basic, all the basic hits. They were all just going through it. And I was like, this is, I don't know if he's, like, trolling them or uh, because he also seemed to be like a cab supporting but not blm supporting i don't understand this person and i didn't want to so i scrolled away <laughs> yeah that's very strange i never get live um like live streams on tiktok like that i get like a lot of people reading tarot oh my gosh i've been like addicted to watching this girl and oh did you get a prediction you're gonna die Please. <laughs> no, but she you comment your name and your favorite color and she tells you how you're going to die. <laughs> Did she and get you? I haven't I haven't commented, but I just like to watch how all the other uh people are going to die. <laughs> the Bailey, pink, beheaded. The <laughs> I'd be like, "Yeah, that tracks." Just like given the way that my life is. Um but it is really, it's, like, kind of funny because she's very, like, victim-blamey. Like, she, she'll be like, oh, oh, you're going to get stabbed. <sighs> Come, guys, just don't piss people off, okay? These deaths are avoidable. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Like, you shouldn't have been outside at nighttime in that alleyway. That's on you. <laughs> or she'll, like, anytime she, she sees, like, someone dying of, like, heart disease or, like, um, diabetes or something, she'll be like, ugh. You know, a lot of these issues are weight related. You guys have to get your weight under control. And I'm like, you don't even um, know if the person that you're talking to has a weight, like has a weight problem that's affecting their health. Like, you don't know. Um, and that's a little oh, much. I know. <laughs> but it's like so funny because like people keep sending her gifts and like people love her, but she's literally so fucking mean to her audience. <laughs> right. People are very fascinated with death. Another reason why we are so popular on this podcast is because people love scary things. And yeah. TikTok lives are also scary. Sometimes <laughs> yeah. they scare me, especially this morning. But I want to know other than that, what are you afraid of today? Um, so I, I met my girlfriend's friends this last weekend oh, no <laughs> it went really well but one of them okay we had i feel like we had people like this like throughout our college career where like you would have someone who's like tangential to the friend group and like involved but like not not like an integral spoke to the wheel yes um and there was a person like that there who said something to my girlfriend that made me so angry that I told her, I was like, I cannot guarantee that if you bring me around this person again, I will not go to jail. Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, we were playing some sort of, some like stupid video game, having a great time. Everything was very normal. And my girlfriend was like not paying attention uh, because it's like video game and like, who cares? And this friend goes, why are you acting like you're stupid? And you're like, why are you saying something so 
<laughs> blatantly mean. And like, there's a difference I, between, like, jokey mean and, like, that kind of mean. Yeah. And I was like, I I kept my mouth shut, which, you know, is not an easy thing for me to do. It's not. Bailey <laughs> just kind of says it. <laughs> and I, but I, like, felt, I, ha- you know, okay, so there's a scene in Pride and Prejudice where, like, Mr. Darcy helps Mr. Darcy. Elizabeth onto the carriage and then he walks away and he, he like, grips his hand super tight and the kid it's like very female gaze moment the camera like zooms in on his hand and he like grips his hand that's like or or just like the arthur meme is another good Mm -hmm. reference Mm -hmm. to that that's like what happened to me i felt like every part of my body tense and i was like it was just trying to hold me back from being like and why are you being a cunt you know (laughs) since we're all making observations here maybe that's what they wanted maybe they need some maybe that's what they need somebody to to also like furl their colorful feathers yeah and i I don't i don't really know this person all that well so it could be like maybe i misinterpreted it maybe they're perfectly lovely uh but like i have like the loyalty of, of a dog um so like whenever anyone comes for someone who is close to me it it's it's very hard for me not to like attack and right. and I'm afraid that if <laughs> I, I have to spend more time with this person which I inevitably do that I will get into a physical altercation see more and more I'm starting to look at you like one of those dogs from those ASPCA commercials she's like a rescue <laughs> she's she'll bark at anybody she loves those who take care of her but strangers yeah. she is wary Mm-hmm. I'm into that for you. Please support Bailey. Call ASVCA today. <laughs> Adopt someone like Bailey. She was rescued from a puppy mill. I mean, yeah, basically. Um, yeah, also, I've been thinking a lot about death, circling back to that lately. <laughs> what are you so, not? So I've been, I've been like afraid of dying a lot. Uh, I had a dream that I was dying. Um, I... Did you also have a dream that you were dying? No, I forgot to tell you that I had a dream where we had to make out. And I don't remember the ramifications. Like, <laughs> I don't remember like the the reason why we were doing it. But I know that I didn't enjoy what was going on. Neither did you. But like, we had to do it to like appease somebody. You used, do you know that you used to come up with like the weirdest hypothetical scenarios in which we, we would don't have, have to, to go into it? We don't have to go into it. <laughs> So that's why your brain is like bringing that to you. I know that I post all my drafts to you, but we don't have to post them here. <laughs> yeah, but anyway. Basically, no, I'll say it. It's funny. Um, sometimes I think, like, how much money would it take for me to, in a polite way, um, share intimacy <laughs> With that is so much more gross than, <laughs> okay, just saying just, fuck. than just saying like how much money would it take for me to fuck bailey i feel yeah. like it's in the million that is and like and like in kind this, of mean but okay but i'm gay so i don't want it but i don't I could want to do either. like five hundred thousand at the minimum yeah it would be really Maybe. weird i think I emotionally know. For for me, like it would be like that first episode of Black Mirror where the guy has to fuck that pig. 
like that seemed to really scar him i think maybe eventually he did recover but it 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 probably really took quite a while and i kind of feel like that's what what it would be i don't like it see we shouldn't even brought it up um that's what I'm afraid of. So when you're going to ask that, why don't, you, why don't you ask that? What are you afraid of this week, Charles? That. Okay. <laughs> well, I can... Afraid pre- of having to fuck my best friend. I can pretty much guarantee you that that's not going to happen. <laughs> well, according to the dream, I don't know. Okay. You're going to die. Yeah. And I'm going to have to touch your mouth. Well, I have... With my mouth. I have dreams that I die, like, constantly, though. I had the thought today of like, we're all just like driving like we have a tomorrow. We're all just like living our day as if we have a tomorrow. What if you don't? And then I was like, well, I guess then I just wouldn't. <laughs> there you go. And yeah, I know. I um, I was talking to my therapist about this and I was like, I, I, uh, I I just, like, don't like the idea that, like, you know, eventually I'm just, like, not, like, not going to exist and, like, everyone I love isn't going to exist and, like... I don't like it either. And she... And I was expecting her to, like, you know, be like, well, let's see, like, how we can find comfort for this or, like, how can we reframe this thought to be more productive? And instead she just goes, yeah... I mean, I like, it's gonna happen. Presumably, you might be the person who lives forever. Oh, there's no way. No, I, I'm gonna guarantee that right now. No. Oh, but let me tell you about my dream though, because I dreamt that I was like living in this like post-apocalyptic kind of society, or like kind of like a dystopian situation. So like yesterday or today. Yeah. But it's where people um, were living like super long because of like, I guess it wouldn't be post-apocalyptic. It'd be like futuristic. But it was like people were living super long because of like advancements in medicine and like nutrition and stuff like that. So like when you basically like just got tired of living, you went to like a facility, like a facility that was like a hospital where they just killed you because um, it was like I've had enough. I've been alive for 200 years or whatever. But then also they would do it to like younger people if you just like sucked as a person. Oh. So I was still my age, but I guess they decided like society decided that I just like kind of sucked. And so I was like in this uh, like chair and I like they put like a needle in my arm and I could see the chemicals to kill me or no it wasn't chemicals it was blood they were putting someone else's blood into me because that would like make me die I don't know my dreams are not you know I'm not a biologist but I I do think that would do something bad uh it could be just like a blood transfusion no but I would like it was for the explicit purpose of killing me well yeah maybe it was poison blood I don't know, but it was, um, yeah, not a great time. Well, then she woke up. And then I woke up. And we were all disappointed. <laughs> Go to hell. I'm already here with you. Um, no, I'm glad you're not having to die by somebody's blood inside of you. Um, I don't think that you would be put down early in this 
area, but I do know you uh, worry about the good human, am I or not, scenario. Um, a lot of people are bad. A lot of people are good. A lot of people are in between. I'm not going to tell you which one you are, but I believe that you are not one of the bad ones. <laughs> I think we're good people. I really think we are good people. Look at us. Look at me. Look at you. Good. Do you think, really, because when I ask you if we're good people, you go, I mean, we're not going to win any prizes. That's been your response to me over the course of the last several years. Is like, we're well, not murderers, good. but we're not, yes, like, good, great. great. <laughs> like, I think we have the potential to be great people, but I think right now we're just good people, which is better than eh people. And way better than bad people. Yeah. I first want to say, before we move into our facts and figures, to anybody who listens to this podcast, whoever you are, thank you so much for listening. Like, I... Oh. Sorry. I had to sneeze. I'm so sorry. Bless you. Thank you for listening to our podcast. It really does mean a lot that anyone would take interest in just our like little passion project like it we never really we just kind of did this because we thought it would be fun and to anybody who's just like along for the ride that's really cool of you and we thank you so much especially to like people those friends that I've heard who say like yeah I listen to it all the time or like you know, I just I think that's crazy. Yeah, it's so sweet. And there are people that like we're not even like friends with that listen to it now. And it's just nice. But you're a friend now. If you weren't our friend when you started listening, you're a friend now. Oh, for sure. If you even clicked play on any of our episode. Best friend. Automatically. Friends. We are friends. We are friends. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Thank you for listening. Now we're going to go to facts and figures. Here she is. Okay, yes. we. It's been a hot minute, but we finally have a topic for which I can provide some facts and figures. Okay, so my sources were the CDC. Shout out to the CDC. Hey, hey. And a 2020 health scholarly research journal article by Anna. I'm going to butcher these names. Wintour? No. By Anna Petalinsek and Anita Lori Kourajlija. Love them. I tried and I am sorry. Okay. So uh, recent studies estimate that between 30 and 50% of people do not adhere to their like prescribed treatment. Um, and one of the reasons is pharmacophobia and pharmacophobia is a fear of medication and a negative attitude toward drugs in general so there's a name for it we know a lot of those people yeah and according to the 2020 study that that's what this article that i read was about um and it was like about the predictors for pharmacophobia and what makes it makes sense but the like predictor that contributed most 
to pharmacophobia is like a negative belief in drugs in general. Um, so like someone who has a negative attention to medication uh, is probably not going to take the medications that are prescribed to them and they're more likely to suffer from pharmacophobia. Um, and the state, but interestingly, the same study found that people who believe in conspiracy theories are more likely to have pharmacophobia. Which I feel like, okay, this has come up before with other phobias where it's like people... It did. It yeah. came up with the doctor episode. Yeah. Which is episode... Hold, hold, hold. <laughs> um, okay, it could have been mentioned in episode nine, Psychological Experiments, or definitely mentioned episode 19, Doctors. Yeah. So, oh my God, I was going to say 19, but then I was like, there's no way I'm going to get it right. This is episode 30, by the way. Yeah, that's bananas. Um, Okay, so, and then from the CDC, I thought, usually I think the most scary thing about drugs, when I think about drugs and, like, as dangerous or scary about them is overdoses. So I looked up some overdose statistics uh, from the CDC. So, uh, and these were, like, the most recent statistics available. And since 1999, nearly 841,000 people have died from drug overdose. Oh. Isn't that wild? In 2019, 70,630 drug overdose deaths occurred in the United States. Did you say seven or 70? 70,630 in 2019 alone in the United States. I'm like gagged. Right? That's Uh, a lot of people. I know. Uh, And that is an increase uh, in overdose deaths of 4% between the years 2018 and 2019. Um, So opioids, mainly synthetic opioids, are currently the main driver of drug overdose death. Um, 72.9% of opioid-involved overdose deaths involve synthetic opioids. Um, Opioids were involved in 49,860 overdose deaths in 2019, which is crazy. Um, and then drug overdose deaths involving psychostimulants like meth are also increasing, um, both with and without, uh, being like used in tandem with opioids. Cocaine is also like, I didn't realize that cocaine was associated this much with overdose death, but, um, cocaine was involved in nearly one in five overdose deaths in 2017. Cocaine is, uh, I'm telling you, like, you have, like, not a very good chance of, like, when you do the cocaine, you have, like, a very good chance that you're more likely to, like, die from it than get a high. Yeah, it's it's a lot more dangerous than people think. Um, and psychostimulant overdose deaths increased by 37% in 2017. Which is uh, wild. Um, so, yeah. Looks like the war on drugs is super duper successful. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, the 80s war on drugs. Who was that? It was Reagan. I, I think that? it was Reagan who started it. Um, but, yeah, it's been a part of public policy for a long time. And across, uh, like, political parties too which is like really fucking irritating considering that it uh does nothing to actually 
prevent overdose deaths, obviously, and does everything to unjustly incarcerate people of color. So. Yes, just know that the more you look into it, things are not as they seem. There's always a racist or misogynist motive behind most every government action in the U.S. Um, yes, and if you or someone you know is suffering from drug addiction, the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration has a free confidential 24-7, 365-day-a-year treatment referral and information hotline, and that's available at 1-800-662-437. Nope. Sorry, I was doing okay. so well. I have numerolexia. Okay. Um, 1-800-662-4357. We love it. Call if you need them. Call if you don't. It just is like, no, don't call if you don't. Because <laughs> you might need someone to talk to and they can connect you to someone who you need. I mean, if you need help, you know, feel free, but uh, don't call just to like prank or like chat or whatever, because I work, I I work for a hot, well, I volunteer for a hotline and um, sometimes we have people who are waiting in queue for like hours Um, and we'll have people that are, uh, that contact the chat to like prank us or that is annoying because it's that's a crisis crisis hotline this isn't like what was that old thing cha-cha where you ask them holy questions holy shit yeah you know what? if you just like are bored text cha-cha see if they're still around yeah if you're bored get on omegle okay there you go. yeah there are other um there are other options uh What's that other one where it's like your face is just like an animated face and you talk to other people? I don't know. Get on that. I don't know. I haven't heard of that one. I see it on TikTok all the time. Well, I'm not really hip with what the kids are doing these days. Well, after being alive for 400 years, you you expect can't always stay trendy. I try my best, but it's, it's hard being ancient maybe it is and maybe one day they might have to bring you to the euthanasia center where they put someone else's blood inside of you to just end it all yeah i actually do like here's the thing if if like good movie premise also i think like if humans got it together in that like if we actually um like more equally distributed wealth put money towards like like cared about our planet and the people, yeah, and each other. I do think there there like could exist a world in which people are living like two hundred years. Maybe I mean, look, our life expectancy moved up from like thirty to eighty. Yeah, but I think it's going down though because of just like the quality of life that we have now. Yeah, well, in the last reported one that I checked, it it was like higher than I expected. So, there's that. But hey, are you ready to dive in? Dive into the world of drugs? Oh my gosh. Sorry, I was looking up life expectancy. <laughs> well, what is it? Read us. Read it. Read it. 
read it. I was looking it up by country. In Hong Kong, the f- um, female life expectancy is 88 years old. Get into That's, it, Hong Kong. Dude, we're so low on this list, though. We're, I, where are we? Oh, we're number 46. Great. Uh, for males, it's 79. And for women, it's 76. Well, I'm vegan, so I'll live forever. Oh, wait. Um, sorry. I, I got that switched. Oh, so you're so going to... For men, it's 76. Oh, sorry. What was I looking at? I don't remember. Anyway, yes. Yeah, sorry. I was looking at the wrong one. For males, it's 79. And for females, it's 81. So you will die wow. before me. Like I said, I'm vegan. I will live forever. I have a would you rather. Cool. <laughs> cool. Um, so would you rather do really cool, amazing, great things? But you don't remember them after the fact. And all you have is just like picture and video evidence from yourself or other people. Or would you rather be able to get away with bad things and only you remember them? You might not even get away with them. Just would you rather do good things and not remember like really amazing things? And I'm talking like amazing. Or would you rather do bad things and nobody else remembers i think i would rather do good things but i can't remember cool (laughs) um (laughs) what about you you would pick bad things wouldn't you because you'd be like what's the point i'm sorry i don't want i shouldn't assume no that i would pick that what would you pick well here's the thing I might do the good things because it's like a little surprise every day. Like you look in your camera roll and it's like, oh my gosh, I saved a kid from a burning building and got a key to another city. Get it again, Charles. I'm into that. Yeah, that would be cool. Right. And then at the end, you can be like, I don't remember, but I know it was one hell of a time. I mean, I already had that experience during my first five years of college when, well, I, when I got blackout drunk every weekend. Whoop, whoop. This isn't about you. This is about me. Um, so I did. I look half the time when I'm searching for things that I like a topic that I'm not familiar with. I'll do like the topic and then scary yeah and see what pops up yeah so i put like drugs scary and it was like devil's breath and i was like excuse me and it was like get into it so devil's breath you ever heard of it i have not okay well um despite the name it is not just the devil breathing in your face i would be much more into that than what's going on here because also the devil is probably really hot if he were real so there's that now most of you i'm sure have heard of the dangers of drugs from elementary to high school we hear all about how drugs are not cool we wear red ribbons for a week 
And look, I do believe that there are some drugs that are very, very beneficial for people. We know. It's just facts, right? Even take marijuana, for example. Controversial. But it has some wonderful side effects for people. And even though I don't partake in it, I know that it really does great for people's anxiety, for their pain, for all kinds of problems that people just can't seem to pin down. Marijuana is there for you. So if you can get into it, get into it. Um... There are experimental hallucinogens like psilocybin, which is a fungus, um, studies that show like it's eased anxiety and depression. We love that. We need ways to get out of our human condition sadness. Now, just like everything, there's always a bad side. Someone is always out there to find a way to hurt somebody else. The abuse of power is not new, unfortunately. Now, before we go on, I do want to put out a warning that I will be mentioning drug-induced rape at some point in my story. So if that is something that you would not like to hear, please skip forward about 30 minutes. Don't forget, if you need help or someone to talk to, there are professionals at RAIN, which is R-A-I-N-N, that are there for you 24-7. You can visit RAIN.org. Remember, with two N's, to chat online or call 800-656-HOPE, which is 800-656-4673. Now, back to our story. Robbery. Okay? It happens every day. From muggers on the street to secretive, high-scale embezzlement from a large corporation. Which Mm. I'm, like, kind of into because that takes some skill. Dude, I think heists are so cool. Right. Like a jewel heist. Yeah. Ooh, if they were going to put me down, if I was going to get someone else's blood in me to kill me, I would go on a heist before I went to the facility for sure. So maybe you might want to choose to do bad things that no one else remembers. You could do a heist. <laughs> yeah. See? Oh, I would. I would really love to do a heist. If but anyone's like, what looking, kind of a heist? Or like, I think like an art heist. Ooh, like Ocean's Eight type thing. Yeah. So if anyone wants someone for their heist team, I have uh, no, no skills, but I'm eager. Well, she's eager. She's pretty. She has the woman charm. She's got a nice pair of eyes, two working, four working limbs. Well, depending on the day, yeah. Get into it. Get into it. Now, like I said, embezzlement, we love to see it. Actually, we don't love to see it, but whatever. Um, each time the victim of said robbery is reluctant to give away their possessions or unaware that it's even happened. Why did I say evened with a D? I don't know. So let me give you a scenario. Okay. You just move into your apartment. After a week there, you are done unpacking and decorating. It's chic. It's cozy. I'm seeing like a uh, sunset cactus aesthetic going on. Okay. Yeah. You get invited to a party. By some co-workers you attend it's at a nightclub uh, but it all kind of gets blurry as the night goes on as you know it do go you drink maybe do a little recreational drugs I don't know your life but you know you had some drinks from some hot girls or guys now suddenly you wake up the next morning in your apartment you fell asleep on the floor 
That's odd, knowing you have a comfortable bed that you bought for that sunrise cactus aesthetic. You get up. You walk to the kitchen to make some coffee, and stumbling there, you feel around for your coffee machine and your mug, only to find that it's gone. Not only is that gone, but as you come to, you realize the whole kitchen is empty. You walk back to the bedroom. No wonder you fell asleep on the floor. The bed is gone. The TV, not seen. The whole apartment, empty. You run downstairs to the doorman. You ask him if he remembers anyone carrying beds, TVs, boxes out last night. Because as far as you remember, you had all that stuff before you went to that party. He laughs. Well, yeah. You and some friends moved it all out together. I guess you're redecorating? Question mark. We talked about it a little bit last night. Now, that sounds crazy. Not only did you get robbed, but you helped someone rob you. And you were unaware. How did that happen? Now... You've heard of Rufinol. Sorry, not Rufinol. Rohypnol. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I always think because it's roofies that it should be Rufinol, but it's Rohypnol. Um, It is a drug that when taken leaves one extremely groggy, unable to move very well. To an onlooker, they can definitely see that something is not right with you. But what if someone could give you something that made you seem normal? No falling, no slurring, and it leaves you highly suggestible and you barely remember a thing. Doesn't seem realistic. Seems too good to be true for the criminal. However, it really could be a thing. Like we said, devil's breath. I've never heard of it. Mm -mm. You've never heard of it. Let's get into it. In a Vice special called World's Scariest Drugs that was released, not posted nine years ago, they go to Colombia. And here they follow stories of a couple people um, about this mysterious drug. So there's this tree looks like a normal tree with very large uh, white flowers. It's called the borrachero tree, which roughly translates to drunken binge. Like I said, very pretty. When the flowers or roots are brewed in a tea, it's said to cause wild hallucinations. Though, um, once used by the indigenous for the sacred ritual purposes, now the fruit of the tree can be harvested and through the modern wonders of chemistry it can be turned into something called scopolamine um it's like a white odorless tasteless powder that can be taken by drink pill inhalation you name it when administered at higher doses this can cause amnesia and high suggestibility so in this vice interview we first meet demencia black he, the label under his name is Drug Dealer. He says that anytime someone in the streets of Colombia could just walk up to you, blow this powder in your face, and boom. After a minute, you will be in a state where the offender can quote-unquote own that person and lead you like a child and tell you, give me your checkbook or take me to your house, give me your credit card, etc. That right? is so creepy. Yes, it really is. It sounds fake. It like d- that d- it doesn't sound real. I know. The next person we meet is Carolina. She says that she was once given scopolamine. She says she was on her way to catch a bus. She was approached by some guy. He was asking her where to find this address he had on a piece of paper, and she was like, "Oh, I think I know where that is. It's not too far from here." So she showed him where it was, and eventually they went up together to, I guess, hang out. She remembers him giving her some juice, and that's how she thinks she got dosed. 
because from there she like kind of remembers what happened she knows that she went to her and her boyfriend's apartment like she took this man back to her place and she said she was she just remembers like happily searching through all of her stuff and just giving this man like her photographer boyfriend's cameras oh my and God. his savings that he had stashed away and it had like she said it had euros it had dollars it had um whatever Colombia's currency is like she just like happily handed it to him and after a while she realized what she had done she cried she went to the police and they found out that she was dosed with a small amount of scopolamine. Unfortunately, all that was taken from her was money. She believes it could have been a lot worse. Mm-hmm. Now, a lot of the times there is a common story of women seducing men, and I'm not really comfortable with that narrative usually because it feels very like a cheap excuse to sexually abuse a woman and be like, "Well, she seduced me with her womanly, yeah, enchantments." However. In this case, we do have a couple first-hand accounts that just involve this woman's seduction robbery. Um, a man named Ivan was out drinking late one night when a couple of pretty girls came up to him. And after dancing and drinking for a while, he, like a dumb, excused himself to use the bathroom and left his drink open and unattended. Now, stupid. Just, okay, let me just put this out here. If you are anywhere public, anywhere, don't leave your drink unattended. Just don't do it. Okay? Especially in a nightclub. Yeah. but and Especially if you're a woman. But also, like, if you do that and something happens to you, uh, ultimately it's the fault of the person who decided to drug right, you. because you wouldn't have known. Yeah. You wouldn't have known that that happened to you. And, and, like, bottom line, people shouldn't be putting drugs in people's drinks. You know? True. Kind of on them. It is, but I will say there are things you can do to help yourself out. Um, but it's still like never your fault. Just I wouldn't just don't leave a drink unattended. From there, he came back, and his night got like foggier, foggier. Eventually, unbeknownst to him until later, these ladies took him to an ATM, and in the footage from the bank, all you can see is Yvonne just like draining his account. What you don't see is the woman who stood behind it, um, like, dictating his every move and mm. was, like, telling him, like, give us the money. Like, you want to empty out your account, whatever. Because they they see him, like, go to, on, a, like, another camera, they see him, like, meet two other people. But that's not seen on the ATM. So, he says that to this day... He still has, or to the days of that time, he has just nightmares every Mm. night. He has a very bad memory. And he tells the people advice that he will remember talking to them tomorrow, but he won't remember why or what they talked about. That sucks. That's like, no. that's like a scary way to live. Just Because like I have memory issues, but not to that extent. But like... Knowing that you're going to wake up the next day and not really remember the day before, like not remember even pretty like significant details, that's scary. That is scary. And it, even that um, Dementia Black guy, because he's, I mean, this guy has been on some drugs. The drug before. dealer? 
Yes. Um, uh, shocking, I know. But he has been on some trips, and he said that he's done scolopamine before. And he's, like, pretty much fine from it. But the other guy that did it with him always still just kind of walks around in public with his hand in front of his eyes like this. Like a curtain. Like peeking through your eyes at a scary movie. And nobody knows why. Even, like, the guy doesn't know why he does it. Oh, that's, that's just what so he does weird. now. Um, so it seems that this drug has, like, pretty significant after effects. Yeah. Um, so as this whole video progresses on, it bounces back and forth for a bit between um, Yvonne and a sex worker. Her name is Jessica Maria. She talks about how easy it is to get a guy to take scolopamine and she said he will usually leave his drink unattended because he doesn't like believe he's in danger um or all it takes is just like one swipe under his nose real quick and he's gone she even says that there are times that she'd put like cotton like deep in her nose and she'd like sniff it at first to like show him like hey it's it's okay it's cool and then he'll sniff it he doesn't have cotton up his nose right so he's down for the count and cocaine is like a big thing at least at that time it said that cocaine in Colombia is like a very big yes. thing yeah um so uh, the, you know that's probably what they think it is because a lot of people just use it recreationally is it just like a white um, powder yeah just a white powder so um another after seeing you know hazard to cocaine it could be something entirely different yeah Right. It could just be baking powder. You don't know. Just don't don't sniff it. Don't sniff powders. Honestly, just don't sniff powders. Um, it burns. It's not right. There were guys in high school who used to sniff pixie sticks. Oh, my God. Yeah. Or like Smarties. We had people would like crush up Smarties and snort them. I wouldn't snort them, but I would like crush them up and then like smoke them. Like yeah. inhale it and like kind of like chamber it in my mouth and then blow it out. Yeah. Um, People do that all the time. You know me, I'm crazy. You're just like a wacky, silly guy. And I am, I'm quirky. Uh, I do remember, though, that people would also like to prove a point or like to, I don't know, as like some sort of like party bit, crush up hot Cheetos and snort those. No. Mm-hmm. Spicy cheese corn does not belong in your nose. No. Um, you don't think that belongs up there? Air. Yeah. So... She mentions, Jessica does, that um, not only do they use it to rob men, but unfortunately, men use it to rape them. Mm-hmm. And if you're not careful with the dosage of the drug, you can kill a person in 5 to 20 minutes without even realizing it. She said the first time she used it to rob an old lady, she took a folded piece of paper with powder on it and just wiped it in the lady's face, like after she knocked on the door. And within minutes, the lady had a heart attack and died. Oh my God. All the more easy. She then just like went past it, went past her and like took the TV and whatever else. Um, she says that she did all kinds of bad things from ages 15 into her late teens. At the time of this interview, she was 21. She's, like, reformed now, so it seems, hopefully. She said, when you're young, you think my life is useless, so I can do whatever I want. 
And it's hard for her to believe that she's done all these bad things, but she mentions sadly, and to quote her, but a lot of those things, but a lot of those bad things I've already paid with blood, with tears, with a lot of things. Mm-hmm. That's really sad. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just like tragic all around. Like It is. Mm-hmm. Um, what's scary to me kind of is how available this tree is. So what they get the scopamine from is like this little cacao looking bean thing that comes from the tree. And then they like peel open the seeds and they, you know, grind up that or do whatever they do to it. Um, the guy kind of explained it, the drug dealer, Dementia, about like how they grind it, they heat it, they bleach it. I don't know. So he shows us that just like a block away from a kindergartner school, there is one of these trees just like out in the street. Like, you know how, especially in like Chicago or like cities, how there's just like trees decorating the yeah. the shops. It's just one of those trees. Like, it's just there with the white flowers and all the fruit. He even, like, shakes the fruits and, like, gets one, like, pops one of the seeds. And is like, oh, it's going to be crazy. Yeah. Oh, um, my gosh. So, you hear a lot of horror stories of Colombia or, like, some... Or in Paris, this had happened a couple of years ago. Or in Europe, where people hand you a business card and it's covered in this scopolamine and it's absorbed through your skin and you're suddenly in this like zombie like state where people can just tell you to do whatever and you'll do it and there seems to be nothing wrong with you or people will just come up to you blow powder in your face and you're done for but is it really all that intense can you just be hit with a powder flash and it's over drugs.com says maybe not so They think it's very unlikely that the effects are as instantaneous as people would have you believe from a pharmacological standpoint. They aren't sure if it's actually the devil's breath or some other drug that is causing all of these robberies or sexual abuse. They do understand that it's happening, and they caution travelers to stay in large groups, never leave food or drink unattended, never accept food from strangers. But they do find it very unlikely that you can just breathe this powder and you're gone. Um, but that seems to be the story that everyone is giving. Mm-hmm. Other um, other articles like The Guardian also question the scopolamine validity. They are aware of the rich backstory of the drug, but it seems to be lacking in evidence other than anecdotal urban legend. There was huh. even talk of, of it being used by like the CIA as the first truth serum, but even that seems to be kind of... I mean, maybe. Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised. We did talk in a former episode about how the CIA literally like dosed American citizens with psychedelics to see what would happen. So, like, right, I wouldn't be shocked if I'm being honest. I wouldn't be shocked either. I do think maybe like it's it might not be as instantaneous as people would have you believe because it's kind of that you know as the story goes on like I caught a fish and it was this big and it bit my finger and it gets all the way down to like he wrestled a crocodile and it bit off his arm yeah um however there still seems to be a lot of first-hand accounts of people unknowingly giving up their possessions seemingly of like their free will only to forget it all later especially from Colombian citizens so 
the kind of biggest thing on Devil's Breath was this interview that was the like biggest thing in the past decade with just like tangents off of that. But yeah, that's what I got in to know about Devil's Breath. That is so wild. I can't believe I've never heard of anything like that before. I know. Like, and especially because like we watched so many Vice interviews. I know. And it's just weird because it sounds almost like like hypnotizing people like what it does like that's what they mention a lot like hypnotizing they use that word hypnotizing i think one of the scariest descriptions they said like why they call it devil's breath this guy said he was like another guy in the drug world and even in the video you get to see like some scopamine or at least so we think it's just a white powder but they have to like wear gloves and a mask so they don't inhale it but he said the reason why they call it devil's breath is because for a moment like it your soul is owned by somebody else. I hate that. I also hate that. Oh, that's awful. That's so scary. You found a really scary one. Good job. I know. <laughs> so uh, watch out for white powders. <laughs> Don't uh, just be careful. Just watch out. Be cautious. And as a general rule, just watch out. <laughs> That'll be really yeah. good for any listener with anxiety. Um, okay. Well, I also have a would you rather. Uh, what? Oh, I have a what? A would you rather. <laughs> I have a would you rather. A would you rather, Waggy. Oh, my God. Uh, this is why we can't record when we're both tired. Okay. So, would you rather eat an M&M? From a bowl of a hundred M and M's, knowing that one of them has a lethal poison in it. Oh, <laughs> or get you like you're like definitely going to happen. There's no way you can like escape or kill it. Get bit by a snake uh, that will hurt you, could potentially cause you to lose a limb, but definitely will not kill you. <laughs> well, see, on the one hand, I thought you were about to be like, would you rather eat like? A maybe poisonous M&M or like a maybe poisonous Skittle. Which one? Like, I guess Skittles. Um, Okay. Can it be Skittles? They're vegan. Um, Sure, it can be Skittles. (laughs) uh, Here's the thing. I feel like with the snake, I'm definitely like not coming out okay. No. There's some, they're just like, there's not a good outcome for me. Like, I mean, I'm going to be like mostly okay, but like I could lose a leg. Yeah. Um, With the M&Ms, I have a one in a hundred chance. So I have a higher probability that nothing will happen. I'm, but you know, it could be just that one M&M. It could be. I mean, what is what is a one hundred chance? Let's see. Let's see what that percentage is for me. Babe, I can't do that. Off babe, the top it's one percent. Percentages are out oh, of hundred. Oh yeah, one percent. Duh, one out of a hundred. Um, yeah. You you know. You take give that? me that skittle. Okay. Give me that skittle, baby. Interesting. But I would definitely choose like a lemon because I know it's like the least favorite, and everybody would go for a red or a purple. Mm-hmm. So I'm not gonna go for red or a purple. Mm-hmm. I think if I pick the Skittles, I would just close my eyes and select one at random so I can be like, oh, like, you know, this isn't because of like bad strategy. Like the, this, if the, if I get that one, like the universe wanted me dead, you know? 
Mm. Or I wanted you dead. Yeah. All right. Well, (laughs) (laughs) we're going. All right. uh, So we're going to travel back in time a little bit. To, to the 1980s. Last time I think I was in the 1890s or in the 1980s today. Switching it up. Um, my sources were PBS.org, Wikipedia, New York Times, Chicago Reader, and Chicago Mag. Okay. So, picture it. It's September 29th, 1982 in Oak Gro- Elk Grove Village, which is a suburb of Chicago. It's Early in the morning, a 12-year-old Mary Kellerman wakes in her home to find that she has a runny nose and a sore throat. So she goes and gets her parents and tells them, and they give her an extra strength Tylenol capsule to help ease her symptoms. By 7 a.m., Mary is dead. Okay. Tylenol allergy, maybe. So that same day, 27-year-old Adam Janice from Arlington Heights, Illinois, died of what appeared to be a sudden massive heart attack. Weird for a 27-year-old, but, you know, things like this do happen. So his brother Stanley, who's 25, and his sister-in-law Teresa, who is 19, come to his home to meet with, like, other family members so they can all kind of, like, figure out what's going on and process the this, like, shocking death. Uh, And both Stanley and Teresa get really bad headaches, which I would assume, like, you know how when you're crying a lot, you get a headache? I would assume it was probably just from, like, grieving. And so um, they find extra strength Tylenol uh, at the home, and they each take a capsule. So Stanley dies by the end of the day, and two days later, Teresa passes away as well. Okay, over the next few days... Okay. (laughs) Over the next few days, three more people also die um, within hours or days of taking extra strength Tylenol. 35-year-old Mary McFarland of Elmhurst, Illinois, 35-year-old Paula Prince of Chicago, and 27-year-old Mary Wiener of Winfield. Oh, my. It's time to either, like, switch to generic (laughs) or go ibuprofen. Yes. Okay. I think ibuprofen is superior anyway, if I'm being honest. I always prefer it. I also think that, but a listener of this podcast, who is my friend, is, like, deathly allergic to ibuprofen, so that really sucks for her. Yeah. Um, okay, so. The I guess she gets the extra strength Tylenol. <laughs> so, okay, so as the, the police are investigating these deaths, it doesn't take very long to figure out that all of these people who had died had recently taken Tylenol. So then, uh, like, they take the Tylenol to the crime lab, tests are carried out, and soon it's revealed that there is cyanide present in the Tylenol capsules. Which, that's not one of the main ingredients on the back of the bottle. No, it's, should it be there? (laughs) Um, So then they, you know, on the television and radio they issue warnings and then patrol cars like police patrol cars actually just are driving around the metropolitan chicago area announcing on their speakers that people need to not take tylenol (laughs) the hilarity of that situation yeah um okay so because like um all of the tylenol um like, came from various sources. Uh, they do test, like, the manufacturers, um, but it, 
but it, it's it's pretty easy to rule them out because a lot of the bottles came from different pharmaceutical companies. Um, so like it, they don't didn't all come from the same like manufacturing plant. And the seven deaths had all occurred in the Chicago area. So it was like pretty unlikely that like, you know, such a big production, um, uh, like such a such a popular drug like Tylenol that like every if it was tampered with in the factory that all of the bottles would have ended up in Chicago. Right. So um, instead, police conclude that they're likely looking for a culprit who had acquired the bottles of Tylenol from various retail outlets. And uh, furthermore, they concluded that the source was most likely supermarkets and drugstores. And they think basically what happens that over a period of seven weeks, uh, whoever did this was like adding cyanide to the capsules, then returning to the stores and putting the bottles back on the shelves. So they were like going over the course of weeks, grabbing Tylenol and then putting cyanide in the capsules and then going back to the stores and just putting them back for someone to get. And it's like, for what? For what? If you're bored... In the 80s, do something else. <laughs> yeah, not that. Uh, so in addition to the five bottles that led to the victim's deaths I've already discussed, uh, there were more bottles that were later discovered in the Chicago area. So now let's talk about the suspects, which, dude, this case has the weirdest goddamn suspects I have ever seen in my life. Like, I was reading this, and I was like, they did what now? What happened? Um, Something fucky was going on in Chicago in the 80s. Okay. So, Lori Dan um, was one of the suspects. She poisoned and shot a few people in a May 1988 rampage in and around Winnetka, Illinois. Um, And she was briefly considered a suspect because it was like, this seems like up her alley. Uh, But no uh, no direct connection was found. So she was quickly ruled out. And this was in 1982. So obviously like this rampage and like poisoning and shooting thing that she did, that was after the fact. And they were like, hey, maybe, maybe you were at this a while ago, but they couldn't find any connection. Okay. This is weird. So Roger Arnold um, was another suspect and he was investigated, but was later cleared of the killings. However, he got like a shit ton of media attention, right? Because this is a big story. Like how creepy and like sensational is it that people bought Tylenol from like all these different stores and then got cyanide poisoning? Right. Because that's like a thing that people are using like nationwide, like a very basic That'd be like, oh, people are dying from eating Wonder Bread slices. Yeah. And then like also it was like clearly there's some maniac on the loose in in, like Chicago in the greater Chicago area just putting cyanide and shit at the grocery store. So there was like a lot of pressure to find this person. Um, And yeah, obviously everyone's really interested and feeling really uneasy. So he gets tons of media attention. This Roger Arnold, who's a suspect. And he has a nervous breakdown. Um, like loses his shit and he blames this on Marty Sinclair who is a bar owner and he's the person who pointed the finger at Roger Arnold Um, he told the police that Mr. Arnold kept cyanide in his home so 
Ms. Ar- Roger Arnold blames Martin Sinclair for like the media attention, for the police looking at him, his subsequent mental breakdown. So in the summer of 1983, which is the following year, he tries to ki- shoot and kill Martin Sinclair to get back at him for turning the suspicion on him for the Tylenol murders, but he actually shoots and kills John Stanisha, who is a man who is completely unrelated to the Tylenol incident, Mr. Arnold, or Marty Sinclair, because he just happens to look like Marty Sinclair. Well, and now you were like free of all charges. And now you're... Now you killed somebody. Yeah, so he was convicted in January 1984 and served 15... Uh, years of a 30-year sentence for second-degree murder. He passed away in June 2008. But yeah, that... Wasn't that wild? Like, that story alone. I know. That could have been... That's... This is great. I get... Just, more. <laughs> I need more. All right. So, it's about to get fucking crazy girl even even goddamn weirder okay so during the initial investigations in like the early 80s a man named james william lewis gets accused of sending a letter to johnson and johnson the manufacturer who produces tylenol um demanding one million dollars to stop the cyanide induced murders okay to stop to stop so this man James William Lewis basically like emails John or emails sends a letter to Johnson and Johnson and is like for one million dollars the the Tylenol murders will stop because obviously Johnson and Johnson has a vested interest in this stopping so they can you know fix their reputation and start making sales again um so Lewis gets arrested uh tried and convicted of extortion for sending this letter um, and he sentenced to 20 years in prison and uh, but was released in 1995 after 13 years behind bars. OK, so during the trial, it comes out or like his def- his defense attorneys claim that the reason why he sent this letter was not to get money and not because he had any not because he did the murders. But to get back at his wife's former employer. What? Okay. <laughs> that so. seems like a very unrelated. <laughs> I know. So, okay. So apparently his wife's former employer was the owner of this travel agency. And when James William Lewis wrote the letter to Johnson and Johnson, he asked the funds to be directed to a closed account that was owned by his wife's former employer. Right. So that it would look like he was the one that was in, that was doing the murders or he was the one that was extorting gotcha. and he said see for a minute i was confused thinking he was like i'll give you a million dollars johnson and johnson if you stop <laughs> no it was give me a million dollars and, and i'll stop yeah yeah he's like send a oh, million dollars to this things. account and so he was trying to make it look like the person responsible for this was his wife's former employer because he had um, the former employer had bounce checks to both Mr. Lewis and his wife. So he was pissed off enough to try to blame several murders. <laughs> on him. Heaven forbid you bounce a check. Yeah. Isn't that f- 
so weird. That's the goddamn weirdest thing. Um, okay, so he ends up getting convicted of extortion. And like I said, spends 13 years behind bars. But after his conviction, Mr. Lewis ends up working with Assistant U.S. Attorney James Margolis, who had helped put him away. Uh, so he's like one of the attorneys that helped put him behind bars and he contacts him and is like, I want to help solve these murders. And I guess he like, uh, and so the U S assistant, the assistant U S attorney agreed to meet with him. And, uh, James Margolis, the attorney later said that when Mr. Lewis showed up to their meeting, he had like pages and pages of like notes and theories and stuff about these murders. And was like, I want to help solve them. And, um, <laughs> your face it's so fucking weird dude <laughs> this is like 13 years after the fact no so this is like not long after the fact this is oh, okay, during okay, okay, the okay. time that he's in jail still so while he's a prisoner like in jail for extortion he is meeting with the attorney that put him there to help him solve these murders i mean nothing brings people together like murder through everyday objects yeah so fucking weird okay so wcvb channel 5 of boston um record hello reported that court documents that were released in early 2009 actually showed that the department of justice investigators genuinely thought that lewis was responsible for the poisonings Oh. So they thought this dude actually did it, like the one who wrote the letter, you know, um, yeah. and is now like has been trying to solve the case. They think he did it, um, but they didn't have enough evidence to charge him. So also that same year in 2009, um, because so the reason why this is all happening in 2009 is because uh, the 25th anniversary of the murders, they like reopened the case the fbi did um due to like media pressure and yeah just the timing of everything um so now new shit is happening they release these documents and they're like hey by the way we always thought this guy did it i don't know if anyone happens to have any information on that but we really thought this guy did it um (laughs) they also search his home uh and in the following year, 2020, both twenty hello, 2010, both Lewis and his wife submitted DNA sam- samples and fingerprints to the authorities. Um, now Lewis said, "quote If the FBI plays it fair, I have nothing to worry about." End quote. And to this day, denies all responsibility for the poisons. But he seems like a very fucking weird guy, at minimum. At minimum. At minimum. So at average, he's a real weirdy. Yeah. So the last suspect, um, like notable suspect, is Ted Kaczynski. You may know him by another name, the Unabomber. Oh. Yeah. So in 2011, the FBI requested DNA samples from him in connection with the investigation into the Tylenol murders. Um now, Kaczynski denied having ever, po- like, possessed cyanide, um, but 
He was active in the late 70s and early 80s in Chicago and the suburbs of Chicago. And his parents had a suburban home in Lombard, Illinois, uh, in 1982 when the Tylenol murders took place. And he did stay with his parents occasionally. So he is another potential suspect. And to this day, the investigation remains open. So nobody knows? No. Well, I don't like that. I don't particularly like it either. (laughs) And the story just ends there? Well, I'm going to talk a little bit more. Um, Okay. It's a hell of a cliffhanger. I know, but let's... Who do you think did it? Well, here's the thing. You live in Chicago. Yeah. It's you. Oh, okay. I was not born at the time. I... Bailey... You've been alive for a lot longer than you let on. Okay. The I yeah. mean, look, the dream, the story. I feel like there's too much evidence against you. Now, the blood, blood thinners, Tylenol. I'm seeing a connection. Um. Well, it was not me. Sorry. I know you really want it solved, but it was not me. But My you bet- did send a letter to Johnson & Johnson. <laughs> Yeah. Um, my bet, though, is like on, on the James William Lewis guy who did send the letter. I feel like he's just too goddamn weird. Like there's... And all the paper, like the, the research. Like his theories, all his theories, trying to be or close just to the case. Somebody else who got away with it. Yeah. It's I feel like that's very likely. I do think that that is a distinct possibility. Um. So okay, so uh, let's talk about some of the repercussions and like effects of the Tylenol murders. <laughs> so, unfortunately, a ton of copycat poisonings took place uh, involving Tylenol and other other over the counter medications um, in the 1880s and the early 1990s. Uh, one source said hundreds of copycat poisonings. <laughs> No, um, we can't be doing this. But these events were like never as uh, deadly as the 1982 Chicago Tylenol murders. Um, uh, now, there are still like conspiracy theories about the motives for this and like the suspects and and everything. Um, yeah, you can fall down easily fall down an Internet rabbit hole because people have a lot of theories. Um, and it just remains this like crazy mystery that is still speculated, uh, a lot, almost 40 years later. Ew, I don't like that. And like, what a way, what a way to get people, you know what I mean? Like through medicine, that's a, that's clever and scary. Yeah, something that you take to, like, feel better. That is very low risk, generally, that just kills you. I'm afraid of my ibuprofen now. Okay, so, but these, actually, you don't need to be, because these murders sparked major changes to the way that medication is, like, made, and also its packaging. Uh, So drug companies... approved? Yeah, so drug companies worked with the FDA to actually make really significant changes. So capsules used to be, um, like, 
it'd just be like two pieces, right? One slightly bigger than the other that you could easily, like a of gelatin that you could easily pull apart and like put whatever you want inside. Um, and then just put them back together. But they're not like that anymore. Um, and Johnson & Johnson developed new product protection methods, um, worked with FDA. They introduced a new tamper-proof packaging, which is like what we see today uh, when you get like the foil seal that you have to pull off on your medication. That is because people could just open bottles, put shit in the capsules, and then put it back on the shelf without anybody knowing before. Mm. Um, yeah. And... Uh, these packaging protections soon became the industry standard for all over-the-counter medications. They also, uh, <laughs> to help uh, regain sales, uh, introduce price reductions. <laughs> and um, they're like, please, it's, it's so cheap. It, you probably won't die. We may <laughs> just just try please it. Just, please just quell your headache. <laughs> just try it. Trust us. It's fine now. It's really affordable. Um, and then they introduced a new version of the pills. So rather than the capsule, it's a caplet. And this is a tablet that's coated with slick, easy to swallow gelatin, but it's way harder to take. That's why it's like sticky if you like lick medicine. Anyway, but it is way uh harder to tamper with than um like those capsules that you could just pull apart put shit in and put back together without anybody noticing um so and then uh the year after the tylenol poisonings in chicago in 1983 u.s congress passed what was called the tylenol bill and that makes it a federal offense to tamper with consumer products um and then in 1989, the FDA established federal guidelines for manufacturers to make all over-the-counter medication like that tamper-proof, which was, is like so interesting to me. Um, that because like you don't think about that today when you like open a bottle of Advil, you don't think about like why is it like this? Um, but it's because a bunch right. of fucking people died, dude. <laughs> That's why it's like that. <laughs> well. We love FDA regulations. We do. Mm-hmm. So, yes, uh, that is the story of the 1982 Chicago Tylenol murders and the reason why your medicine looks like that. Wow. Another good one. We got some real good stories. We did. Go us. I know. <laughs> Sponsored by Aleve. <laughs> do you have pain? No Do one's ever been poisoned by a leaf. <laughs> Dude, Coming I, through with Centrum Silver. Take that multivitamin. If I was a drug company in the 1980s, I, like if I was like an advertiser for a drug company, I'd be like, we got to jump on this right now. Because Tylenol actually cornered 35% of the total sales of over-the-counter medications. At the time. So if I was like at a competitor's firm, I'd be like, we got to put ads out right there that just points out the fact that no one has been poisoned by our medicine. Oh, <laughs> for sure. Out. I'd be like, look, <laughs> not like Tylenol. Yeah. We actually make like lock locking. But the thing is, that no, no one did at the time. Like no one did, um, which is it's just. It's like really weird to think about now because we're so used to our medication being like very 
tamper proof but it used to just be very easy to like take something off the shelf open it up put some cyanide in it and just put it back i will say no i don't want to give anyone ideas never mind like i said we love an ibuprofen ibuprofen however you want to say it get the advil get the generic we love an ibuprofen yeah we're big ibuprofen fans in this house no one's ever been poisoned by ibuprofen <laughs> that we know of I'm sure you can yeah. look up something someone's oh, it- been poisoned by taking too much I haven't, in my research, because I did look up some of the, like, copycat murders and stuff, I didn't see any Advil-specific, so. Well. But I think the moral of the story is, uh, you know, you just have to be super careful, and sometimes even when you're being careful, bad stuff can happen, whether it's an illicit street drug or just your friendly neighborhood Tylenol. Uh and that truly is what makes it a scary world out there. So, take another look at that medicine cap. And hold on to the people you love. <laughs> Bye. 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 Bye.